chapter 2, 5, and can be found on page 694. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. This is the word of the Lord. for just a couple of minutes. But just an announcement before that. It's great that there are so many people here. It's wonderful. Uh, if there are gaps in the middle of your row, we're, we're a little bit short of space uh, and chairs. So if you could fill in any gaps in the middle of your row uh, to leave some space for people to come in and join the end of your row, that would be much appreciated. Thank you very much. But let's think about those verses for a moment. And I'm going to ask you a question. Has anyone here ever been in pitch darkness? Put your hand up if you've been in pitch darkness. Maybe you've been at home one time and there's been a power cut and all the lights have gone out. Now, how do you feel when that happens? You feel a bit nervous maybe? A bit scared? A bit worried? You can't see in front of you? And then what happens is usually somebody, you know, scrambles around to find a torch or their phone or something, and then suddenly a light comes on. And how do you feel then? Oh, relieved, happy. You can see where you're going now. Well, Isaiah is writing to God's people, and he says, did you see it? They are the people walking in darkness. They don't know where they're going. They can't see what's going on around them. And they're probably a bit scared and a bit worried, like we might be, in the middle of a power cut. But Isaiah says it won't be that way forever. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah is saying, I know you feel worried and scared and sad right now. He's writing 700 years before Jesus. He says, I know you're feeling worried and scared and sad right now, but it's not going to be like that forever. Soon, God's going to do something that's going to make you happy. Not just happy, you're going to be so happy, you're going to want to have a great big party. Maybe when the reading was read, you heard that word joy or rejoice, celebrate. Okay, well, what I want you to do now is, with the people sitting near you, verse 3 is going to come up on the screen, and if you are a reader, you can read it on the screen, or maybe you can find a Bible, and if you're not a reader, maybe somebody who's sitting near you can just read it to you again. Isaiah gives two examples in that verse of times when people in his day used to celebrate, okay? So I want you to take a minute or so with the people sitting around you. And see if you can spot what are the two times, two examples Isaiah gives of times when people celebrate. Over to you, and I'll be back up in a minute.
Okay, I'm going to interrupt there. Anybody got a suggestion? Hands up anywhere. Oh, we've got a quick hand going up here. One suggestion. Hello. They rejoice. When do they rejoice? Harvest. Brilliant. That was the first one. Harvest. They rejoice at the harvest. And anybody else got the second one? Plunder, which is a, a word we maybe don't use a great deal anymore. It means when you've won a battle. When you won a battle, you would rejoice. So they're the two times that people would rejoice. They'd rejoice, first of all, when there was a harvest. Now, we don't quite get this today, I don't think, because when we, when we want food, we tend just to go to the shops and buy it, don't we? But when Isaiah lived, yeah, they had to wait for the food to grow all year and had to take care of their fields. And then there was a point in the year, the harvest, when they'd gather it all in and then they'd have lots of food. And because they were very grateful that all this food had grown and they had stuff to eat for the next year, they'd usually have a big party and say thank you to God for all this food. A bit like when you do your big Christmas shop. You know, your house is full of food and you think, brilliant, we better eat some of this. Uh, this is wonderful. And harvest was a time when people celebrated and said thank you to God. And the other time was when they won a battle, when they had a victory in a battle. Now, wars are very scary times. Battles are dangerous. And people would be worried and afraid if there was fighting going on. But when news came through, don't worry, we've won. We're safe. People would celebrate and have a big party. And Isaiah's looking forward to a day, he says, when it'll be like both those things rolled into one. He took the two times when people in his day used to throw their biggest parties and said, imagine both at once and you're still not even close. Isaiah says, we're going to have a party that is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen before. And he looks back to the day of Midian's defeat in verse 4, which was a great victory God's people had long time before Isaiah. And he says, it's going to be like that. It's going to be better than that. And he says, it's going to be the party to end all parties. See, the thing about a party after winning a victory in a battle or in a war is, usually there's another battle you've got to fight. But, but listen to what Isaiah says. Every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood, all the clothes you used to use to go and fight in, he says, we're going to burn them. We're not going to need them anymore because Isaiah says there's a party coming that's the party to end all parties. There won't be any more wars, no more things that make us scared and sad any longer. It's a great future that's coming. Now, Jack's going to help us think in just a few minutes about why it's such a great party. But I just want to convince you for the last minute or so that actually what Isaiah said is definitely true. And we all know that it's true. Because, you see, the party Isaiah's inviting us to is actually a birthday party. Listen out for that in our next reading. Because the very next thing Isaiah says is, to us, a child is born. Uh, the party he's looking forward to is a birthday party, but it's a very special person's birthday, the most special person in the world. And that's why it's worthy of such a great party. I'm going to show you a picture of someone on the screen now. Okay, who's this? Anyone? People know? People know? 
I'm hearing it, King Charles III. Does anybody know when his birthday is? Oh, Lydia, you're so close. You're one day out. 14th of November. I didn't think we'd get there, okay? I didn't, I didn't think anyone would know, so very well done. Um, who celebrates that day for King, the king's birthday? Anybody? Anybody celebrate 14th of November, king's birthday? No, not really. Now, does anybody know, when do we celebrate Jesus' birthday? Christmas Day! Who celebrates on Christmas Day? Pretty much all of us. And that's because Jesus is even more important, far more important than King Charles. That's Jesus' official birthday, by the way. He's royalty, so he gets an official birthday as well. Um, Christmas is a great reminder, isn't it, that what Isaiah promised all those years ago is true. God is inviting us to celebrate what he's done. And Jack's going to help us think more in a few minutes about why we celebrate. The second reading is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. And it can be found on page 994. 694, apologies. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Then he will be reigned on David's throne and over his kingdom, established and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I don't know how many, hands up how many people have been to Christmas parties like that or birthday parties like that. <laughs> Just me. Okay, that's fine. Has anyone seen this film? Top, look at this. This is woeful. And you mean it didn't win any awards either. It didn't, like, I've, I've indoctrinated my children into this. It's one of the top three Christmas films ever, Jingle All the Way, uh, with obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, one of the greatest actors of all time. Um, <laughs> So just, you know, this isn't about that film, but do go and watch that film. You've got a week till Christmas. Um, but maybe this resonates with you, not from a Christmas party, but just the, the stress of Christmas. Stressmas. And that idea, you know, there are, there are Christmas presents to buy. There's slaving over a hot stove to be done. Uh, there's falling out with family and friends to look forward to every year just around the corner. And of course, around the world, this tale of woe, which we've kind of seen in the, the supermarket shopping, is, is written large on a greater scale, isn't it? In wars and in uh, dictatorships and in refugee crises and in all sorts of things all around the world. And so maybe Christmas, as it does for Arnold Schwarzenegger, gives you more of a sinking feeling than a feeling of celebration. But as Tim said, there is a celebration. There's a celebration because Jesus being born is actually really good news. And it's really good news because Jesus is the king promised to bring an end to all of these bad things. All the silly supermarket fighting, but also all the wars and all the falling outs. Verses 6 and 7 say we can celebrate 
Because the birth of this promised king will bring peace. Jesus has fulfilled that promise, is fulfilling that promise, and will fulfill that promise. He has brought peace, he is bringing peace, and he will bring peace. And we'll look at each of those in turn. First of all, Jesus has brought peace. The promise in Isaiah is that he will be called the everlasting father, prince of peace. The everlasting father is God and Jesus is God come to bring us back into peace with him. Jesus is that perfect priest Paul told us about who stood in for us and ultimately died for us to bring us perfect peace with God. If we, if we say sorry for our sins and our mess-ups, and if we turn and trust in Jesus, then we can know that God has completely forgiven us and brought us back into peace with him. So Jesus has brought us peace with God. And once we know that Jesus has done that, well, then we can have peace with others too. Jesus doesn't just bring us peace with God, he brings us peace with other people as well. How? Well, when we trust in him, he helps us to become more like him. He helps us to become less sinful, more peaceful people. For example, when we know we've been forgiven by God, we can forgive other people when they hurt us. Or when we know we owe everything to Jesus because he's died for us, well, then we won't grasp onto things. We won't be jealous of others for what they have. Instead, we can be share our things. We can be happy for others for what they've got. It's just like with our Christmas presents. This is actually John's. We can be grateful for what we have got. And we can be happy for our friends when they got something else as well. You see, in Jesus, we start to become more like Jesus. We become more happy, more peaceful people. This doesn't happen completely now, of course, but through Jesus, we get the beginning of the breaking in of total and perfect peace. The peace our passage talks about. Peace as shalom, which means wholeness, completeness, perfection. It means perfect and complete peace. We don't have this completely now. We only see it in part now. But Jesus promises us that we will have it completely. And that's the peace he will bring. He has brought us peace. He is bringing us peace and he will bring peace. This promise of complete shalom, complete peace, will only be completely fulfilled when Jesus returns and brings worldwide peace. At the moment, there's still sin, isn't there? There's still bad things in the world. We all still mess up. We, we still see wars around us. There are still dictators and crises. But we can know that this prophecy will be fulfilled. Well, because Jesus has already fulfilled and is fulfilling it. Jesus will come again. 
And this time, he won't be that little baby, but he will be robed in majesty and power. By the way, I don't know if you can see this. Isn't this the weirdest looking baby you've ever seen? I feel like this was drawn by someone who didn't know what a baby looked like. It was like, they're just a small person, aren't they? The receding hairline and everything. He won't come as a baby, but as a king, robed in majesty and power. Then everyone will see Jesus as the fulfillment of our Advent series. As the king born in Bethlehem. As the king forever from the line of David. As that perfect priest and that great shepherd of his people. The king who reigns in perfect shalom peace. Then there'll be no more rejecting God. There'll be no more falling out with friends or family anymore. There'll be no more war. All the promises made will be completely fulfilled. And there'll be complete and perfect peace. What better thing to celebrate at Christmas time than that? We're going to sing a, a new song now that Ollie's going to introduce for us. I'm sure we're in safe hands as always. So please stand if you're able and uh, we'll read these words. We'll sing these words. All glory in heaven, to earth peace is given. On you God's favor has come. They're singing the story, unfolding the glory of Christmas. Please do stand and we'll sing. <laughs> 